welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Dads Reading Books. I'm here with my friend, EJ. (laughs) J-D-R-B. Radio. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm here with my friend, Matt. Boy, howdy. What a day we have for everyone. It is traditionally in the history of my life what I would have at some point called my favorite one of the series of unfortunate yeah. events books and it feels like it holds a little bit true today it is book number 10 and ding dang it it's a good one this one slaps front to back <laughs> you open this book up, up and it just claps right in your face it is so good this book is so good it's just it's just kind of incredible that like you know after we talked about being surprised mm-hmm. last week by carnivorous carnival i just love that lemony snicket came back with just such an absolute banger yeah yeah there's room that it could have actually been like oh in retro and now as now that i'm older it's just not as good but no <laughs> th- this one here's the biggest idea to this one is mm-hmm. there are some themes within it that feel uh like a major evolution uh for the series as yeah. a whole this feels like a, a step into something new and I, and I think we've talked a number of times about like the structure of these books but this one very specifically feels like the start of the final act if anything it feels like I mean it very much has aspects of it where it's like episode one of the final season or whatever it would right. be right because uh, I think the biggest uh you know overarching plot of this is that a bunch of our characters are very specifically growing up in this yes. book uh i mean i think maybe klaus is the one where there's not as much to say but the big takeaways from this book is violet has like a, a pretty big growing up scene and and a entry into proper adulthood scene yep. and Sonny has like one of the most important moments of the whole series <laughs> happens this is, in yeah. this book one of the coolest uh coolest moments i really just want to start with that moment because it just makes me almost like well up uh because the whole series you've been dealing with sunny baudelaire is this weird problem so, sunny baudelaire, problem. baudelaire problem she says weird words and then the d- author yep. has to describe what they actually mean or the kids have to describe what she means and in this one after a, a big moment happens sunny says a full sentence and says i am not a baby and the author notes this is the most complete sentence Sonny had ever said. And all the characters, I mean, it's like a whiplash moment. Everyone and then she reiterates. And, she and then she reiterates. She says, I am not a baby. And then there's a long kind of aside that Lemmy yeah. Snicket has where he's like, this is like the moment. Like yeah. she's really, this is the first sentence she says. And then she repeats herself. She says, I am not a baby. Yeah. And she's like basically telling this is at a point, a pivotal moment in the book too. This is at a point where Violet's trying to save her from the clutches of Count Olaf yep. and Sonny refuses right. in order to glean more information. To, to further from, save the day mm-hmm, as opposed to, to just To further herself. save the day, yeah, for the yeah. greater good, She, uh, which is an, a theme in this book, the greater yes. good. Um, right. And it's funny because none of the 
None of the, you know, uh, traditionally good guys are, you know, none of the Baudelaire's ever bring it up. It's all the bad people yeah. that say the greater right. good. They're all working In towards the book. greater good. <laughs> the greater good very specifically greater... being making mm-hmm. more money or whatever it is they like to do. The yeah. thing that I think as a kid I never uh, got from this series that I'm really starting to get more of now. And again, I've never read the last two books. I do not. Re- I, I, oh, and I I'm don't. So I know exactly. You. It's going to get really cool here. <laughs> but something I'm I'm getting that I never got before is how much mm-hmm. this series is playing with the idea of good people justifying bad actions or anybody yes. justifying bad actions. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the thing that makes this sunny moment so notable is uh, a- another thing that is starting to get teased out. And I've, I've started Grim Grotto a little bit and I'll just I'll get ahead of it because it's been it's been a theme of like the past couple books and it continues into book 11 is the kids trying to reckon with like, are we doing good things or not? And more importantly, like what, what are we trying to do? And for so much of the series, they're just trying to escape count Olaf. And that moment with Sonny is the definitive turning point of the series where the kids no longer care about just being on the run from Olaf, right. they have to solve this problem. They have right. to save this day. It's been minor elements of like, mm-hmm. I would say hostile hospital onward. It's yep. been it's been brought up, but this is the moment where the series becomes about no matter what happens, we have to fix all of this. Yeah, so there's two big turning points of this series. There's book six, uh, yep. Ersatz Elevator, where we are introduced to the mystery aspect. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is now the part, the aspect of the series where it's, yeah, it's no longer about their position in the world, mm-hmm. really, right? It's like, it's no longer about escaping uh, for them anymore. Um, you know, they're, they've, they've reckoned with the fact that they're on the run no yeah. matter what. Right. And now what they're trying to reckon with is how can they, how can they solve the problem? How can they solve the mystery and how can they prevent uh, and a little bit of how can they prevent Count Olaf from getting their hands, his hands on, you know, all the things he's trying what, to get his hands all the on, things he's trying <laughs> whatever to get his he's hands trying on. to do. Yeah, right. it has become so, more about more than about just the Baudelaire fortune, especially. Yes, this it's it's a bigger story now, and yes. that's and, and it's so love. This book is so lovely, and it sets it up so well, and on its own, just as a as its own novel in the series, yep. it's it stands alone. Yeah. I mean, you. You could probably read read this one without basically any context. Yeah, before really. you know of anything before it. I mean, it helps with the context, sure, but like, but it, it does. It's it it's is a about book. a lot of very specific things. Uh, we let's let's get more in the weeds with it because I think it's a fun yeah. book to talk about. Uh, oh, absolutely. what's going on? It there, there, we're getting so much more about um, throwing back to things too. We've spent mm-hmm. so many books like introducing a, a wide cast of characters, and this is an instance where the like the quote unquote guardian of this book, which there of course is not one anymore. We are, we are beyond guardians, but we do meet some, some third parties. There's, there's bad guys, Count Mm -hmm. Olaf troop. There's good guys, Baudelaire's. And then there's always like the third party, a neutral party. Yeah. yeah. The neutral party of this one is these, uh, campers, these, these, these scouts Scouts. basically, uh, which I, I grew up as a boy scout, which made this book hilarious with the, uh, (laughs) oath that they have to repeat all the time where they go through the entire alphabet and read this very long list of, ways Silly. they want to be and it's it's hilarious but that is our neutral party for this one of which is included carmelita spats the mm-hmm. snotty nosed little girl from book five that is kind mm-hmm. of the primary antagonist and we even get like big plot developments from her we've had a few people yeah. joining count olaf's 
troop. And by the end of this yeah. book, Carmelita Spatz will also join the troop, uh, which yeah. I think is a, a wild development. This it, it, There's just so much more of this world has been established and Daniel Handler, Lemony Snicket, is like trying to kind of make it all a whole now, trying to make it all actually cohesive with itself. And like I said, I think, and you know, we talked about this last episode, or sorry, two episodes ago, um, with Carnivorous Carnival, in that that book did such a good job of justifying the universe yep. that now it just makes this book, it makes you want to just get on board. Right. Now you're just, We're in you're it. on for the ride, baby. Like this thing, like no matter what you think is going to happen or or whatever, like, all logic is out the window with these books now. It's like you can just accept everything that's going on. You can just accept the fact that like the Baudelaire's have to do something and they will do something. This is kind of how it works. Count Olaf has to do something and he will do something, uh, you know, regardless of their motives or anything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, too, uh, the important one of this one is the, the world development we do get from this book because I I, mm-hmm. I agree completely carnivorous carnival is like we will just set you on a path of like everything's going to make sense now and the only like world that has to get fleshed out is more the history of this world yes and yeah. the teases you get of the history of this world is uh, again we're trying to solve the mystery of VFD whatever that means right. uh, and I think something really notable that I honestly completely forgot about uh, before getting to this book was that we get two new characters in this book that are just freaky dark scary people that I, yeah. are like above Count Olaf. Like this yes. is the book that establishes Count Olaf is not even the big bad nobody, of this story. He's right. just this dude. And and he looks kind of like a buffoon in front of these other yeah. two. Like these other two think he's kind of dumb. And kinda they're rude. also yeah. committing like ma- way more heinous. They they burn down this entire like complex. This VFD's place we're trying to find has been already destroyed by the two of them before we even meet them. Uh and yeah, we get we get the man with hair but no beard, and the woman with no beard but hair. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, yeah. the two of them are like really freaky characters that we don't know anything about, except for right. uh, a bit of basically not information about, but the sense of the scale of this schism we keep hearing about within the VFD. Right. That there's now essentially the good guys of the VFD and the bad guys of the VFD, of which Olaf and these two are a part of the bad side and the good side as far as we know so far are like Jacques Snicket and uh don't like we're trying to find more people that are on the good side of of this well, thing. And there's a lot more mention too now in these books. Have you noticed of uh, a lot of mention of their villainy has picked up by yeah. the, their own merit, right? right? Like they are saying that um about themselves. Yeah. You know, Count Olaf is like, "Why don't you commit basically atrocities yeah. with me?" Right. Is 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 the whole thing. So there's no um there's no doubt on who the good and bad guys right. are, right? Um even if there are morally ambiguous folks that come along mm-hmm. such as Bruce and some of the Snow Scouts. Right. Um you know, or or Madam Lulu is probably the best example of that moral ambiguity that right. I'm talking about. So so yeah, we're getting a lot more characters who are just kind of serving as plot devices, but the the characters that are plot devices are far more interesting than than the ones that we were yeah. introduced to in the early books, such right. as uh, what was Esme's 
husband's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All, all those, like, the, I can't even the, these guys that right serve now. the purpose of the book, not the right. series, basically. We've right. had a lot of characters that are like that, where it's just like, oh, they're just meant to be the goofy cast member that we introduced for this one. But we are literally, at this point, more invested in only setting up characters mm. that need to be around for the end. And you can tell that that Lemony Snicket's been a, doing a lot of culling of this cast yes. in the last few books, like right. uh, especially with the henchmen. Like the only henchman he really is keeping around is the hook-handed man. Right. And like all of those original henchmen are either dead or they've left by the yeah. end of this book. Right. Right. So it's, this has a crazy moment at the end where yeah. the pale-faced women yep. get out of Dodge. They're done. They're done. They and They're it done. has. There's a, there's a little clue in there too that I think is amazing mm -hmm. that is really easy to overlook if you're not paying attention to it. I mean, it would, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking about if an eight year old wasn't paying attention to it or something. But <laughs> a thing gets revealed earlier where they're like right. revealing what they're going to do to the scouts and what they're going to do to the scouts is we're going to burn down their parents' houses and then they'll be forced to join with us. And when the pale faced women leave, they say we think you burned our parents' house down. Yeah. And there's so what's clearly happening and not being like explicitly told and not like laid out is like most of Olaf's henchmen are people that he's forced under his wing over time. And we saw it happen with the carnival uh, workers uh, that felt forced to join his troop. And basically, it's not a cast of evil people. It's Count Olaf and all the people he's more or less subjugated <laughs> under yeah. his under his troop. And we see that that evidence of like the pale face women were a part of that and they realize they can't be a part of this anymore and and that's going to i assume feed even more and more into this idea of like normal people getting convinced to do bad things uh, uh through you know through any number yeah. of reasons or whatever and the, and the series just really is becoming more and more well even about our, that personal morality yeah even the baudelaire so yep. at one point they dig a pit Right. To to capture right. Esme and then make the decision not to do it. Right? right. They even tell her before she's about to step into the pit. Um, hey, you know, don't do this. We, we were going to we try to set a trap. But now we decided we're not going to do that because yeah. we're not you. Right? right. Like we're not. And, you know, Esme basically laughs in their face for not being having the courage to. Right. To trap her, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting thing go, going on. I, I think the. One of the things I want to talk about is the structure of this book mm -hmm. and the parallel storytelling, I think yeah. is really, really interesting. Um, essentially what happens is in this one is uh, Klaus and Violet are running their own story and yep. then there's a completely separate story that is Sonny and the troop. And uh, it's basically just sets up chapter to chapter back and forth. We mm -hmm. kind of get a merging of them at one point and then they kind of separate again right. before they finally come together at the end for a big climactic ending. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. I mean, I love that kind of storytelling. I am, I am notably a big fan of things like uh, a song of ice and fire and the mm -hmm. expanse, which are books where very specifically the beginning of each chapter is character name. And that character right. name is the person whose perspective we are going to be seeing things from. And the point is to tell a story of through disparate parts of the world or whatever so i'm all i'm automatically hooked on these kind of things but that's the big <laughs> question that was uh left with book nine right is book nine leads with or ends with uh they were attached to count olaf's car they were all together but at the very right. very end the last minute of that book count olaf detaches klaus and sunny and they're hurtling to their death down this mountain while count olaf has sunny and so, yeah, this book picks that up by saying, well, let's tell Klaus, let's talk about how Klaus and Violet get 
out of that problem. And then once right. that's settled, let's cut over and see what Sonny's up to. And if anything, too, I think the most interesting aspect of this, because, you know, th these are books that are definitely intended for like, you know, an eight year old, maybe Middle, even yeah, young. No, I mean, older, 10, maybe. But but I think you could I think you could have started these books. You know, you could read Bad Beginning when you were like six. Yes. Like you, oh, you would be capable of that and you might work your way into this one. And like, it's just interesting that, you know, as he always does, Lemony Spicket like spends time to introduce literary concepts right. to uh, to the reader. That's that's something I think he's really invested in is, you know, being the first of this kind of a book that his reader has read. That's if, if anything right. makes these very distinctly young adult novels, obviously, like it's it's very simple stories or whatever but it's because he's specifically trying to introduce literature to kids and this yeah. structural problem i mean he he introduces it as such i mean he he as a narrator is like now is the part of the story where we're going to stop talking about violet and sunny and we're going i mean violet and klaus and we're going to start talking about sunny and don't worry we'll return back and it's right. like it's, yeah, it's yeah, baby's yeah. first you right. know it's baby's first uh, yeah <laughs> parallel parallel uh storytelling, storytelling. Yeah, yeah absolutely so i think i think that's what makes this feel um really sort of beautiful is because it's so just like carefully done it's so like i want you yeah. my young reader to like be on board with this and, and understand yeah. what we're doing yeah yeah and uh yeah there's a lot of instances of that i think his language is just getting better yeah. it's it's kind of wild watching him evolve as a writer mm -hmm. and it makes you wonder if he was capable of this right you know all along um part of me thinks that these books are meant to age with right. the person reading them right like you said you read the first one as a seven-year-old and yeah you are meant to finish these books by the time you're 12 or 13 yeah. years old. Right. And therefore they are supposed to age a little bit as, as you get older, you are supposed to, um, you know, hook onto them that way. So, yeah. uh, very, it's just a very, um, uh, good style that he employs in this. It's a very uh, interesting style that he employs in this, that, that finally culminates, I think to one of the better endings mm -hmm. in all of his books, at least, you know, a lot of his endings don't make a ton of sense. Sure. Um, you he know, shoehorns in a thing to make the beginning of the next right. book really good. But this one set up the whole way. Yeah. And that's what I really love. Like, I really love the fact that there's this, there's this whole thing that has to happen where Violet and Quigley, Quigley's alive. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that yet. But. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> we forgot to say the biggest thing, which is Quigley's alive. Also, VFD stands for Volunteer Fire Department. <laughs> We're learning so many things. The world is quiet here. Yeah, uh, yeah there's so many things. But uh, yeah, the, uh, they have to basically with forks free solo up yeah. a freaking ice face which is insane yeah of course um, by yeah, the that, way that's our not, that's our comical absurdity of this book is right is, the is climbing they're just the, like the mountain easily soloing they i mean they soloed their way up that yeah. chimney too like yeah. they're just not attached and back to ropes. down they're, which is notably a lot harder <laughs> right so they so they use ice picks essentially on this waterfall right and it's a frozen waterfall that's why yeah. it's called the slippery slope yeah and they end up getting to the top but the, the coolest thing about what Lemony does here is he just puts those little seeds of like, yeah, but each time they go up and down this thing, it's getting a little weaker yeah. and a little weaker. Right. And then like it finally at the end, obviously. Yeah. Bursts. Bursts. And I think that that's a really and cool. That pushes us into that next book. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it rules. Let's talk about Quigley for a second uh, because it's, yeah, all, he's it's there. all part of that. Quigley, the third triplet is mm -hmm. revealed 
uh, not only to, to be, be alive, alive, but to be the solution to page 13 of the Snicket file. Somebody survived right. the fire. It's not about the Baudelaire's at all. It is about the Quagmire fire and Quigley survived. We learn this is a big exposition book. Uh, uh, there are like two full chapters of Quigley just being like, here's everything that's been going on, which, right. you know, I think in a normal setting could like bother me. But I think this series needed it <laughs> like did, it, it, yeah, it, it yeah. needed it in this moment he's a little of, retcon it needs us to catch up to some things because right. it's been stringing a lot of mysteries along this was always going to happen basically that we would have right. like finally a time when the kids and they don't learn everything they just learn a lot and if anything too you said we learned the name of vfd volunteer fire department i love that the book even questions that like the kids yeah. are like we don't really know right. if that's it or not yet we get a little we get to temper our assumptions or whatever uh but yeah quickly is revealed to be alive uh we learn about the night of the fire and him getting put into uh basically a secret tunnel uh while his parents went to go save secret his tunnel. Uh, <laughs> through the mountain uh so he does uh he waits and waits and waits and uh unfortunately things don't go well above the secret tunnel he escapes through right. we learn about the secret tunnel system and all of the i mean yep. we, we knew about it somewhat we knew that the apartment and the Baudelaire house were like in some right. way connected. And now we learn that the Quagmire house is also connected. And we're basically getting to, this glimpse. To, wait, but don't, what's it connected to? You I remember? don't remember. Oh, the VFD uh, headquarters? No, Dr. Montgomery's house. Oh, Montgomery, yes, that's Montgomery's right. Montgomery's house. We are connected to the reptile room. We're just connected yes. to like all of these characters where if you're, it's like, if you're paying attention, you're starting to realize VF, like the extent of who all VFD right. includes. I don't think they always even explicitly say that. Like, I don't even think they've explicitly stated that the Baudelaire's parents were in VFD. I don't know if that's ever been like said, mm, but you yeah, just I mean, understand implied, right? it at this point, right? You understand right. there's pictures of them with Snickets that the tunnels connect to their house. Like this is all a part of the secret society. Yeah. You learn Montgomery is a part of it. You learn that yeah. all of these cast of people that have actually been there yeah. all along were more involved in right. all of this than you even realized at the time, which always, again, every time the, the books do this, it makes you reflect back to those earlier books. And, you know, our big thing was sort of being like, let's burn through the first six books. Not a whole lot happens, which I still think is true. But these books love playing with that notion of like, I don't think there's little nuggets of secrecy you can read in the reptile room that reveal that Uncle uh, Montgomery like really knows Right. what's going on the whole time right, right they're right. not really i don't think he put easter eggs about vfd in that no, book there's necessarily not, i was actually reading those yeah. books this time with around that in mind. for those yeah with those in mind and so no, it was really not if this series wanted to be one of the best series of all time i think it would have had that that you would go yeah. back to it and you would find little vfds you weren't looking at before right. and, and stuff right. like that uh, but and and maybe there's little tiny ones but honestly reptile room is so short there's not a lot of room for any of that kind of thing no. but anyways that sort of uh, retconning basically exists in this book, and, and I don't have any sort of issue with it. It's just basically being like, look, all these characters are so much more connected than you than you realize, and that's going to be a part of the mystery going forward. Right. Is like, what do all what do all these people have in common? Like, what was going on? And that's like the crux of the mystery uh, at this point. Right. And again, like we said, this book is about pushing the plot forward, and now it's not just about what happened to our parents and let's get out of Olaf's clutches. It's about what happened with VFD. Right. And we need to solve that because they're not going to stop burning places down like that. We have to stop these villains because they won't stop doing this until the good side of the schism wins or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, I, I think, I think what you said is accurate. I think that Lemony Snicket couldn't have wrote, written this and I hate to reiterate myself because this is from 
last episode as well. But I just don't think that he could have seen where this was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wish he had written with this in mind. I always go back to, I yeah. wish I could go back and read those books with VFD in mind mm-hmm. and all that. And I think the TV series does a great job of this. I know we talked about this again right, last time. Right. There's going to be a lot of this coming up, but mostly because these books, like Matt is saying, and you really have to read it to, to know this is these books really do a good job of, of retconning in a way that is not ham fisted. Yeah. This could have been, this could have been, really bad i mean honestly right, right? right like it could not hook us in the way that it does right. it could uh completely fail to try and shoehorn this plot in right but instead uh he takes a lot of care uh with understanding that the pat his past you know those past books just weren't it and he needs to find a way to try and maybe connect them in even if it's just breadcrumbs just yeah. saying they're connected in some way and not going too deep into detail right it's totally fine just to be like yeah and oh and aunt josephine's in this picture yeah. and right you know uncle montgomery's in this picture right uh so yeah just leaving kind of the seeds uh in there and uh yeah i think this book does uh the best job so far and yeah. as we have been stating and beating around a little <laughs> bit here this is i think uh, my favorite to this point yeah and it might be my favorite and i think we're growing up it was one of my favorites but it this on this reread i think it's my favorite so yeah. far and and probably my favorite for the rest of the way i i come back around now to nine maybe being my favorite i was really surprised was by nine and and i still like this one they're like both just like way way up there but i'm i'm amazed at how much i was surprised by nine and slippery right. slope was just like uh you know as good as i remember and i think more than anything like the themes of nine just strike more at my core you know the the de- the, the deception and and pseudoscience and stuff like yeah, that that yeah. stuff just that's, clicks inside my brain more yeah. than this one does but this one has just like such important moments the other thing too we, we i mentioned violet growing up there's a whole like really important emotional scene mm-hmm. that happens with violet that is like probably I think the best writing Lemony Snicket is capable of in this whole series. It's uh, awesome. Qu- Quigley and Violet climb the mountain together. And, you know, in, in the way most uh, fiction works, these two <laughs> grow close really fast, <laughs> which right. is whatever. They're they're also going through traumatic things. And I think that happens with people in traumatic situations as you, you grow closer faster. Right. But uh, the two of them start to have a bit of a, uh, mildly, you know, for 15 year olds, romantic relationship. Yeah. And the the best moment of this whole book is Lemony Snicket describes them having uh, an earnest conversation with each other. And then he steps away and he says, you know, something else we haven't talked about uh, in this series is how little uh, another thing that was taken from the Baudelaire's is their privacy. Right. They ha- they lack so much privacy in this world. And uh, this moment probably meant a lot to Violet. And it was a private moment between her and a good friend. And I'm going to let it remain as such. This is, this yeah. is going to be one semblance of privacy. Violet is allowed to have in my writings about her life. And we, as the reader get to sort of, uh, infer oh a, a wonderful little 15 year old kiss maybe happened <laughs> or or maybe not even that but the way yeah. he handles that is not just like a fun narrative de- device it's also like deeply just interesting but it teaches such an amazing lesson to kids too like the fact that he just snuck in this little element of like true <laughs> social yeah. development and like hey yeah. don't 
you know, don't kiss and tell, but like it means more than I'm not even just saying that in like the old ways. I mean it in the like people are allowed their privacy, like yeah, butt out of other kids' stuff and just like let us have our you know our thing. Uh, you yeah, owe let it. People to have everyone. a moment, yeah. and also also let others have a moment sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like don't. Yeah, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be digging for information all the time, yeah. such as Lemony Snicket feels like he's doing. Right. He's, he's becoming much more self-conscious yeah. about like the amount of time he's spending looking right. for all of these things too. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> this book is is perfect. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just so good. The ending of this book, um, Quigley does end up getting separated. This is, um, this is the one hang up I have with this book. This is my one gripe is you, you bring up, and I think aptly that this says like one of the most well set up endings. Mm -hmm. And then literally at the last second, <laughs> yeah, at they're the like, ah, well, they don't get to have quickly next book. So I got to yep. just make quickly be different uh, in a different spot. So they're all going down the, the stream together yeah. and just like kind of inexplicably somehow quickly goes down a different tributary and he, he yep. sails off into the distance. And not only that, he has to try to shout meet me at, and we don't get to hear yep. where to meet him. And so there's another great mystery to solve that. Yep. I don't even know how you would solve. It's not even a mystery to solve. You can't solve it. It's just a thing you were supposed to know and you don't get to know. And it's the thing this series always does and if anything is a reason i think i bounced off of it as a kid in the mm -hmm. end and is why i understand like this is a series that's hard to get into the beginning of every book the author says stop reading this book <laughs> and the end of yeah. every book the author takes something you really really want he yep. takes it away just rips it every away time it. and sometimes it's just at that last second and sometimes it's not but like that does feel bad every single time <laughs> to just have a good thing taken away and it's like thematically on brand but it that's rough that's what makes this a sad yeah. series it's what makes it a tragedy and it's what makes it hard it's, to read sometimes it's a series of events <laughs> that um you know turn out to not be necessarily in the good graces of god you know so there you go so yeah it's um yeah it's a really sad book um they're all sad uh, and if sad. you're reading this, yeah, if you're reading the books, you know, he prepares you for the sadness. I think that was something I appreciated as a child. I just mm -hmm. wanted to, because we don't really talk about this much, but I really always appreciated the fact that he was like, I'm sticking to the guns yeah. of yeah. this, like, we're going to continue doing rough stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll I tell continue you roughing these kids up a little bit as I've never finished the series and, and I don't read much about the series. But I feel like I can kind of glean, and we've had conversations like on our discords about this too, Yeah. of people maybe don't necessarily love the ending of these books. And there's a part of me where I'm like, I don't know. I think the series is spending every single book setting me up for not feeling Failure. like the ending right. is going to be a good thing. Yeah. Like the whole thing is not meant to end well, so I'm not right. expecting that. And so... I think especially leaning into this notion of these books are about what you do when things go wrong and how you handle that and how you choose to make your morality despite your circumstances, right? That's like yeah. more than anything what these books are becoming about. Navigating adversity. Yeah. 
I don't know how they'll end, but I feel like I'm actually getting set up well for that to be something he's able to land. I kind of want to know what your feeling is on how they end to this point. Now. Let's save like, what, that. What I want think? to get through Grim Grotto because okay. Grim Grotto is where I have definitely actually read before. Last, so at the end okay. of Grim Grotto, the end of uh, two weeks from now, we'll do Grim yep. Grotto. And the end of that episode, remind me, and I will give you how I think this series ends before I've actually read right. the last two books and we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes <laughs> all right well uh yeah awesome book awesome yeah, job super great uh next week is the skull by john class oh, and a brand yes, new release dude. that we're both very stoked for also i believe dark but it's like a it's also like a mythology tale uh and then grim grotto and then we're gonna have a weird special presentation for you in a few weeks that we're recording like today, which yep. is EJ and I. This at time of recording, we're going to Gen Con. Uh, so mm -hmm. at time of release, this will be a couple months ago. But we're just gonna be in the road, like all, in yeah. a car on the road together. I mean, the road. And we thought we might uh, record something. EJ knows more about a plan than I do. Uh, so expect a episode not about a book uh somewhat soon basically to be in the feed uh and i don't know what it is yet so we'll see so i'm excited for that that's that's three four weeks we have like a big thing mapped out basically through the end of the series of unfortunate events so yeah, yeah. that's we, we almost have like a season I, I think that the end we have to do a quote unquote season finale of yeah, the show yeah. and then the, don't, don't worry there won't be any sort of break we'll just do a, an episode <laughs> we'll the next week that'll be the next yeah. sal and gabby was technically the end of a season of well so this is i don't know this is season two turns out so who season cares? two is really just the series of unfortunate events yeah. season the first season was just us kind of finding our way uh -huh. actually it was like really the first season was like the percy jackson percy jackson pratchett percy season. jackson pratchett and then this season was really just like we're gonna hammer these series yeah. of unfortunate events out yeah and then yeah we're gonna Finish this season on the bang, on a bang with the end, and that'll be fun. And then who knows uh, but, what season three is? I don't know. We gotta yeah, come up with it. Yeah. Well, more yeah, Earthsea to... by my vote, but we I gotta oh, get EJ wow, on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get EJ on board with that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're, we're not committed to anything, and I won't be committed to anything for a long time. 